Hey family, Kevin Wallace here from Redemption to the Nations Church. We've got a message for you today that I believe God gave me to bring strength and hope and joy to your journey. I want you to get your heart open. I want you to get ready to receive this word. I don't believe your life's ever gonna be the same again. God's getting ready to take you to a new level. I'll see you at the end of this message and we'll pray together. God bless, enjoy this word. Psalm 125 verse three. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the lot. New King James says the land. King James and a couple other versions say the lot that has been given to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23. How many love the word? I want to look at verse 11 and 12, and then we'll jump into this. After him was Shammah, the son of Agai, the Herorite. And the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground, a lot, full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But Shammah stood or stationed himself in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. I feel like that last sentence is a blessing to someone today. The Lord brought about a great victory. Yes, I'm going to say it just one last time. The Lord brought about a great victory. And I want to preach today on the thought contending for a lot. Contending for a lot. A lot. Just a lot. Just a piece of ground. But how many know that there's a lot in that lot? Lord, help me today to preach this word you put in my spirit. And I pray that you will give me the anointing to preach it and them the anointing to receive it and us the faith to believe that today you're going to work a great victory for many people in this room. I thank you for what this season is pregnant with. It's in the atmosphere. Lord, I know that there are people in this room today who are just checking another church out and finding out what it's about. I just believe you have divinely ordered some steps into this room. And that there are people who are going to step into a victory they've been longing for for a long time. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you will give us the grace so that we can hear, ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying and revealing to your people. Come on, lift your hands right now. Present your life to God. Father, this is not just another talk. This is not just another session. It's not even just another sermon. I believe today you want to speak to somebody in this room. And I believe today, God, that the wicked have tried to invade a lot. But today, God, you're getting ready to remove the scepter of the wicked and remind the devil that you own it all and you have shared it with your people. So today, God, we thank you for victory in this room in Jesus' name. 
And everyone said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Contending for a lot. When the Bible talks about a lot, it is usually in reference to inheritance. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked a bit about inheritance. I've been talking a little bit about inheritance, it seems, for the last several weeks. I think the Lord is trying to just drive something home to us and make sure that we are reminded that all of the goodness and all of the blessing and all of the increase that we are experiencing in our lives and that we are going to experience in our life is not the, uh, it's not the product of our own ingenuity. It's not the product of our own strength. But those of us who believe in God, we know that the blessing and the increase and the, and the goodness of God that we experience is a result of spiritual inheritance. That we inherit, we become heirs of something that we were not privy to. We were not, um, we didn't have entitlement to it. We didn't have access to it. But because we are in Christ, we have been given access to the full blessing of God. And how many know God is not poor? And I don't mean just in money. God is not poor in joy. God is not poor in peace. God is not poor in rest. God is not poor in his goodness. God is abundant in all that he has. He's abundant in love. And Malachi, uh, pardon me, Lamentations chapter 3 reminds us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I'm thankful that God is rich in love. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in blessing. And the beautiful thing is that because of Christ and our faith in him and his love for us, we who were outside of this blessing has, have now been given entrance into this blessing and we have become heirs with God and joint heirs. Come on, Romans, talk to me. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Everything that God had, he gave to his son, Jesus. You understand that? Jesus was the heir of all things. And when we put our faith in him, he who became heir, I am now and you are now, if you are born again, we are now joint heirs. That's why Paul said joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus got into the blessing and because we're in him, he invites us into the inheritance with him. So you didn't get into the blessing or the increase or the goodness or the provision. You didn't get into any of that by your own strength or your own merit or your own ability. You say, yeah, but pastor, I worked hard. Yeah, but who gave you the strength to work hard? Yeah, but I had an invention. Yeah, but who got into your brain and gave you the idea? You understand what I'm saying? At, the, at some point in your life, you have to stop taking credit for something God did and start recognizing it was the Lord who did it. And I'm not here because I was smart enough to be here. I'm not good because I was good enough to be here. I'm here because he was good and he was incredible and he's the best thing that ever happened to you and I. And we need to be reminded that we, what we have and what is yet coming in our life is not the result of what we, what we did and how we did it. It is the goodness of the Lord. James says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light in whom there is no variableness 
nor shadow of turning. God in his infinite mercy shared his love with us, poured it out on our lives by the Holy Spirit. And we who were not a people who had nothing and were going nowhere have become a people, have become a blessed people, have become a people of destiny. And I just want to thank God today that he who started it will finish what he started in our life. We're, we're heirs. And when you see this language of Lot, when you see this language of, of uh, and I'm going to give you a scripture. You can look over at uh, Psalm 16. I think Chad has it. Psalm 16, verses 5 uh, and 6. David says something about this whole issue of inheritance. Listen to this. Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. Keep going. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Do you hear what the writer is saying? Do you hear what David is saying? David is saying, my, how many know what lot lines are? Lot lines, you know, you, 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 I, I told this story a long time ago. Devin and I built a house, and there was a sweet neighbor. She was a peach, a real piece of work. And, um, and um, she come out one day, and, and she was mad because we had to cut a tree down to build the house that we built. Well, the tree was my tree but she acted like it was her tree. So we had to have three surveys done to find out where the lot line was. Every surveyor that came out and, and drew the lot line, they painted the lot line down the center and her driveway was on my lot line. So not only did she want me to not cut down my tree, she wanted to use my property for her driveway. So the third surveyor that come out looked at the woman who was screaming at him, and, and she had on house, she was in a gown. I wanted her to go in the house, but she wouldn't go in the house. But he was, she was screaming at him, and he said to me, ma'am, the best thing you can do is be quiet. This man is going to let you keep your drive, driveway on his property. And, and there, was, there was lines drawn all over our property to show us what belonged to us. David said that the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. The lot lines of your life are not drawn off in darkness and wilderness and desert and briars and bushes and thorns, but God's going to draw off lot lines in your life that let you live, come on church, in pleasant places. And I just want you to know when God gives you a lot, when God, has he ever given anybody in this room a lot? Somebody said, Pastor, it's better than the half has ever been told. If we had the time to let you testify with a microphone today, there are so many people in this room who would testify about the lines of their life and how they have fallen in pleasant places. It didn't start out pleasant, but when you met a man named Jesus, he redrew the lot lines of your life, and now you're, come on, you're living in pleasant places. I don't know who told you that the Christian life was supposed to be full of misery and madness and chaos and sorrow and depression. Yes, we have bad days. Yes, we go through trials. Yes, our faith is tested. Yes, sometimes we don't know how we're going to make it. But I want to testify today that it doesn't end like that. It doesn't stay like that. In fact, weeping only endures for a night. Joy really does come in the morning. Can anybody praise God with me this morning that you're living in a pleasant place? And God has drawn off some really incredible lot lines for you. 
He gives you a lot. And more is on the way. Here's what I want to tell you about the lot. The enemy will often test what God has blessed you with. And he'll put his scepter on your lot to test if you really believe it's yours. Every time God gives you a lot, it is the enemy's responsibility and his agenda to contend with you for that piece of property. And I'm not just speaking about natural property and natural lots. I'm talking about spiritual lots. I'm talking about family lots. I'm talking about marriage and I'm talking about children and I'm talking about grandchildren and I'm talking about the kind of inheritance that goes beyond how big your bank account is. I'm talking about the kind of inheritance that you pass down that breaks curses off your family and brings joy unspeakable and full of glory. And yes, I'm also talking about God blessing you financially. But how many know some people got money and don't have any joy? Some people got money and don't have any peace. I'm thankful for I'm thankful for the promises of God that extend beyond the size and the scope of our bank account and also do touch our bank account. But at the end of the day, what really matters is on the inside, are you rich? On the inside, do you have peace? On the inside, can you lay down at night and go to bed and not have to worry about all the mess you made and all the stuff you did wrong. Anybody glad your stuff is under the blood and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Anybody glad that you got peace with God? The lot that God gave you, the enemy will fight you. He won't fight you. He'll just put, this is what the psalmist is talking about. He'll just put his scepter on your lot. That word scepter is the same word used in the book of Psalm, the 23rd chapter, when it said, thy rod. Thy staff, they come for me, the rod. The, the, the scepter is that place of rule. The scepter is that place that exercises dominion and authority. And what you've got to understand is that when you get born in and come into the kingdom through the Spirit into Christ, you become a joint heir and God in heaven looks at your life and says, that's family. These are my sons and daughters and now everything I have, I hope somebody catches what I'm saying right now. If you don't catch anything else I say today, when you come into the family of God, stop calling yourself a pauper. Stop calling yourself a pauper. Stop pauper. Stop telling people, well, I, I'm just barely making it. Do you know who your father is? Jesus, I better be careful. I may not get this sermon back if I go down this road, but I want to preach today about who your daddy is. You're not serving El Chipo. You're serving El Shaddai. He's not the God of a few, a few hills and a few cattle. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the cattle that, the, that are walking on the hills and the hills that they walk upon. I tell you, this God is the God that holds the universe in the palm of his hand. He threw the stars into place. He threw
threw the planets into their system. He put the sun in the middle of it all, spanned the earth on its axis, and today it's still rotating at the word of the Lord. I tell you, he's an awesome God. Here we go in religion. Here we go in church. We come to church and we let somebody who's been bitten by religious t talk us out of victory, talk us out of triumph, talk us out of being blessed. And what we have relegated God to is a mysterious being with a beard, big white beard standing over in some far removed corner of the universe who folds his arms and looks at us with a nasty look when we fail as if, that, as if to smite us on the head and we just, we have no hope of tomorrow. That's what religion tells you. That's why some people are in a routine of defeat because they don't know how good their God is. They don't know how awesome their father is. I came today to tell you if you think he's good the half has not been told. Whatever you think about him he's exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Stop with this little God on a little corner at a little church doing little things and see him as El Shaddai great God Jehovah the God who'll bless you coming in the God that'll bless you coming out. Anybody testifies good. The enemy will contend for the lot. God will bless you. He'll draw pleasant lot lines on your behalf. Give you land you don't deserve. And the enemy will come with his scepter. And he'll plant his scepter, try to plant his scepter on your lot. And it doesn't belong to him. But you hear what I'm about to tell you. He'll keep it as long as you don't take it. The scepter, the rule and authority of the wicked, the enemy, shall not rest on the lot of the righteous. He'll show up and that's when there's supposed to be a showdown. But if the enemy shows up and you don't, he'll plant that scepter on a lot that belongs to you as a result of inheritance. And just like I've read to you in 2 Samuel 23, the wicked show up, and when they show up, Israel runs away. I want to talk to the church today about this spirit of cowardice. Do you know in the book of Revelation, the Bible says the coward shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's a loaded statement and I recognize it sends a bit of fear down our spine. But the reality of it is, in the kingdom of God, there is no place for cowards. You say, Pastor, you're being mean. No, I'm not being mean. I am trying to tell you that if there is cowardice in your life, it is a revelation of how disconnected you are from the revelation of who you are in Christ. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 
You and I were never given a spirit of fear. And so when it comes, we must be able to identify it as coming from the enemy. And I think sometimes when fear comes, we think it's just an emotion. And it may begin as an emotion, but if you believe the report of fear, you will run from a lot that has been measured off to you. It's your portion. It's your cup. It's your inheritance. And the first place the enemy, the first time the enemy shows up in that place, we tuck tail and run. I'm not talking about we and you. I'm just saying if you do, I'm talking to you. What does running from the enemy look like? Looks like retreating from the things of God. Retreating from our prayer. Retreating from our worship. Retreating from our our giving. Retreating from our being a part of the church. Retreating and drawing away from people who love us in the kingdom of God. You've got to be really careful that when the enemy shows up, you don't run and start uh, hedging your bets and saying, how can I manage and mitigate this, uh, this situation with the enemy? Let me tell you something. We're not in negotiation mode. What are we doing? I see way too much compromise going on. Now, we used to preach on compromise in the church, and everybody'd start bucking their head, and we'd start throwing things, and you know, bobby pins flying, and nobody wore makeup, and no, y'all know what I'm talking about compromise. What kind of music you listen to? Did you go watch a movie? Compromise. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm not talking about that kind of compromise. When I talk about compromise, I'm talking about people who do not trust the report of the Lord and make a deal with the devil. If you'll stay this far away, we don't say it like this, but this is how we act. If you don't mess with me, I won't mess with you. And if, and if me getting on fire for God means you're going to mess with me, then I'm not going to get on fire with, for God and I'm not going to get closer to the Lord because I'd rather just not have an enemy to deal with than to pursue God and have the glory on my life. I'd rather not go through all that stuff of the enemy showing up. And can I tell you something? He's going to show up anyway. He's going to show up if you pray. He's going to show up if you don't pray. He's going to show up if you give. He's going to show up if you don't give. He's going he's to show up if you read your Bible. He's going to show up if you don't read your Bible. And what I'm trying to get somebody to do today is make up their mind that whether he shows up or not, I have an inheritance in Christ that is far superior than in. This is where we are. We want a ticket on a cruise ship instead of to be stationed on a battleship. And what I'm trying to get the people of God to understand today is that you have an inheritance and the enemy is simply wanting to put his scepter on your lot and he wants to rule over what belongs to you and he will as long as we run. And in 2 Samuel 23, David is on his deathbed giving his last words. And he is speaking about the men who stood out in his mind. And before he takes his last breath, he reminds himself of his mighty men. We call this David's mighty men. And he says there were 30 and then there were three that stood out above them all. Man, I like preaching about those three. Bad to the bone. 
This is the stuff of like Rambo, Commando. What's the guy's name on Taken? Yeah, that dude. And everybody's laying down. You don't even know what happened. That's what we're dealing with here. These are bad men. David's on his deathbed dying. He says, I can't forget about Benaniah. I can't forget about the guy who jumped in a pit with a lion on a snowy day and whooped his tail. Whooped the, whooped the lion in a pit on a snowy day. David's dying and he's remembering all of these amazing guys that are just like Rambos. And in the middle of all this talk about mighty men, we find the 11th and the 12th verse of the 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel. It says this, and then there was Shammah. One guy who was among the three. And Shammah is standing in a place that is nothing more than a little lot. Just a little lot. It's not that big a deal. And it don't, it don't have gold or minerals in it. It's got peas growing on it. Just a little pea patch. It's, it's not even got oil. You, you, you can't frack and go get oil out of this thing. You can't do, it's just peas. Beans. And the Philistines show up in a troop. And a troop of Philistines, according to history, is about 600 men. Now, I want you to put this together. 600 Philistine soldiers in a troop show up to take a pea patch. Israel sees the oncoming enemy and says, peace. Go. They, they flee. They run in a spirit of cowardice. They abandon what God gave them. And when you abandon what God gave you by way of inheritance, you open the door for the enemy to occupy the things of God. Don't, you don't have to say amen, but I can take you to cities where the move of God used to be and now there's shrubs and, and there's weeds growing up in the parking lot of the church building because there's been an abandoning of the place where God once moved. And I'm telling you right now, when you and I abandon it, it gives the devil authority to put his scepter. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. He puts his scepter on that lot and he says, that's mine, that city's mine, that family that they ran away from God, that's mine. Those children are mine. That, that marriage is mine. That, that region is mine. That nation is mine. And when we run and when we tuck tail and we do the convenient thing and we're tired of binding and we're tired of loosening and we're tired of praying and we want to get a cruise ship and not stay on a battleship, I'm telling you right now, if when we get that mentality, we are setting ourselves up. We're setting ourselves up to be disqualified from living in that place of inheritance and staying on that lot. So Israel flees. The Philistines start walking across the lot line. 
onto that little lot of peas and beans. One dude, 600 in the enemy's troop. Shama somehow comes to a unique conclusion that it'd be a good idea to fight all of them. You're going to stand around and fight, and there's just one of you and 600 of them. You better know something about an invisible spirit realm. I feel my help coming on here. See, you look at 600 to 1, and that doesn't look very promising. But they that are with us are more than they that are with our enemy. I think what heaven is doing sometimes is waiting to see where the courage is and waiting to see who the cowards are. And when the cowards run and the courageous stand, heaven says, that's who I'm going to work with right there. I cannot work with the coward, but I can work through the courageous. Now, some would look at a courageous man and say, that man is a crazy man. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you stand for God, you'll find yourself standing with God. God. And when he decided he would not run, he was essentially saying, I'm okay with dying, but I'm not okay with running from the inheritance that God has given me. This may not look like much to you, but this is my family's pea patch. And I might get killed while I defend it, but I will not run and live and be tormented like a coward. I'm going to stand here in the middle of my pea patch. I'm going to preach and I'm going home. But before I go home, I came to find where are the people who are in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of the mess. I'm in the middle of the fight. I'm in the middle of my pea patch. I'm in the middle of my lot. The devil told me I was going to die in this fight. I made up my mind if I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. I'm not going to run off of my lot. I'm going to contend for what God gave me. Am I talking to anybody in this house? My children may not mean much to you. But they're my children, and I'm going to contend for my babies. My marriage may not mean much to you, but I'm going to contend because it's my thought. It's my marriage. It's my job. It's my future. It's my business. I don't expect you to cry like I've been crying. I don't expect you to shout like I've been shouting. You don't know what I've been going through, but I'm not going to run away from this enemy. The scepter of the wicked will not rest on the lot of the righteous. Hey! So he, come help me, Dante. I feel like we're getting ready to do something in here. Hallelujah. I didn't feel this when I got up here, but I feel this thing happening right now. I feel like God is about to stand up for somebody who did not run. Hey! I feel like God is about to show up for somebody who didn't split. The devil told you you better get off the lot. But somebody said, excuse me. Excuse me. That's my lot. 
That's my children. That's my future. That's my inheritance. I know not everybody else stayed to fight for it, but having done all to stand, stand. Oh, oh, oh. Slap three people, tell them I think I'm going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this test. But I know that at the end of it all, he who has begun a good work will be faithful to finish what he started. Oh. Sit down for a minute. Let me finish this. Watch this. Let me finish this. I started looking at this thing. And I said to myself, self, why would a man look at 600 troops, oh my Shia, and come to the conclusion that I'm going to stand here and fight? Because you know he's going to die. At least you think he's going to die. So he stand. Why would he stand? And I went deeper. Look at somebody say, let's go deeper. Because I don't think anything in the word of God is put there accidentally. And so the Bible says, after this man came, Shama, don't miss it, verse 11, he was the son of Agai, who was the Herorite. We don't talk about this in the church. But I started researching, who is Agai, the Herorite? Lord have mercy. And I found out, if you go to the Talgum and then read in the Syriac version and the Arabic version uh, of the Bible, you will find that when it says that, watch, when it, when it says he is Shama, the son of Agai, the Herorite, the Herorite, the word Hara in the Syriac and the Arabic version of your Bible, um, it literally says his father came from the region of the Mount of Olives. It literally means the, the one who dwells in the mountains or the hills. His father dwelt in the mountains or the hills. And the Syriac and the Arabic version in the Hebrew teach us that these hills were the hills east of Jerusalem in what we call the Mount of Olives. Don't miss this. When the Bible says, when, when we're asking ourselves, why would this man stand and fight for this little piece of property? You must understand, he was not just fighting for his little piece of property. He was fighting for a lot more a lot more y'all missing what I'm saying he was not just fighting for a pea patch he was fighting for a lot that had a prophetic future because if the Philistines I feel like preaching right here if the Philistines would have run him off they would have invaded that land and there would have been no Mount of Olives 
you would have had the Philistines living on the Mount of Olives and there never would have been a triumphant entry because I'm told when he came into the city that he walked down through the Mount of Olives and he got on the back of a colt and rode into the city. Had the Philistines stayed on that land, he would have never knelt in the garden of Gethsemane and said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because Gethsemane is right there on the side of the Mount of Olives. Had the Philistines stayed there, there would have been no ascension into heaven because we're told in Acts chapter 1 that he took them out on the Mount of Olives and he stepped up on a cloud and was taken to the right hand of God. And the Bible said in Zechariah 14, had the Philistines stayed on that property, there would have been no return of the Lord because Zechariah said when he comes back, he's going to step down on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split from the east to the west and the river's going to flow. What are you preaching, Pastor? I'm telling you, you better fight for your lot because your lot has a future and your family has a future. And if the devil can run you off your lot, he can rob you of your prophecy. But somebody put the devil under your feet right now. We gotta go, but I want somebody to begin to give God praise that your lot is worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth contending for. Don't let the devil have your promise. Don't let the devil have your lot. Don't let the devil have your future. The devil is a liar. You shall live and not die. like the devil's got an upper hand. But I declare unto you, greater is he that is in you than he that is living in the world. Shout all over the church. Hey! Slap three, three. Slap three people. Tell them victory is mine. have to contend because that little lot that you refuse to run from has a lot connected to it. <laughs> Pastor Wallace, it's just a little lot but it has a big future. And if you run from it, if you flee 
the wicked flee when no one pursueth but the righteous are as bold I said the righteous are as bold as a lion I know it's crazy but I wish I could hear some lions roar in praise I dare you to shout the kind of shout that lets the Philistines know not today not today not today I ran last year but I won't run today I quit last year but I won't quit today I'm gonna stand in the middle of my lot and believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living slap somebody tell a neighbor stand Now throw up your hands and say, God, show up. Show up on my lot. Show up in my battle. Show up in my fight. Show up in my family. God, we need you. God, we need you. God, we need you. Hallelujah. Throw those hands up and begin to praise God. Begin to praise God for victory. Begin to praise God for victory. Begin to praise God for victory. You say, Pastor, I'm in the middle of a battle. No, you're in the middle of a great victory. You're not in the middle of a defeat. You're in the middle of a great victory. Get your mind right. Get your perspective right. The devil only showed up because of the lot. The devil only showed up because of your inheritance. If you didn't have anything, the devil would have never messed with you in the first place. But I feel a breakthrough coming for you today. I feel a breakthrough coming for your house. How can one man stand against 600? And see, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to the Lord. Come on. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a for the battle belongs to the Lord. That's not how that song goes. But it's still true. I'm gonna see somebody open up your mouth. Give God praise. We're gonna see a victory.
Slip those hands up. Come on. We're going to see. Some of y'all have been going through tremendous warfare. You did not stay on that lot to see defeat. God told me to tell you this morning, you stayed so that he could show you that this battle does not belong to you. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we're going home in a minute, but I want somebody to help me give God praise that if we stand on the lot, God's gonna give us the victory. If you believe it, give it praise. Hey, hallelujah. Come on, family, let's praise him. Thank you, Lord. I want you to get in your mind right now what your lot is. How many love Jesus with all your heart? How many know you got an inheritance? How many know it's better than what you deserve? Here's what I want you to do. Get it on your mind right now. What's your lot? Is it your family? Is it your children? Is it your marriage? Is it your job? Is it your journey, your spiritual walk? Is it your business? What's your lot? Because it don't look like much to everybody else. But there's a lot connected to your lot. It's not just that little pea patch you're fighting for. That pea patch has a future. There's prophecy hanging over that pea patch. And if you run off and leave that pea patch right now, the devil will occupy. And I just believe today somebody's making up their mind, I'm not running anymore. I'm going to stand. I may die. I may not make it out of this, but I will not run. I won't fall either. I will, I will not run. I may die, but I will not run. And I'm going to see what the end may be. Someone today has got to change their mind about standing. And you got to decide. This lot has a lot connected to it. Think of all the Philistines who ran. Pardon me, all the Israelites who ran. We don't know their names. Because cowards are never remembered fondly in history. But we know that one man. His name was Shammah. And here's what Shammah means, and I'm through. It means God is present. It doesn't mean God is on the way. It means God's already right there. How many are thankful he's not on the way? 
He's not on the way. He's already here. If you believe it, throw your hands up right now. Father, I thank you that you're not just on the way, but you're already here. Somebody has been standing on their lot, their inheritance, their children, their grandchildren, the business, the family, the enemy has come to try to take it from them. But the scepter of the wicked, oh my shatokarabasa, the scepter of the wicked, the rule of the wicked, the authority of the wicked and the enemy shall not rest on the lot of the righteous. So stir them up today to remember what belongs to them. I feel like there is a visiting pastor here and I'm not aware of who or where or you may be sitting or even who you may be. Maybe you're watching online. I don't know. I just have this in my heart. The enemy has shown up to put his scepter on your lot. But I declare that assignment is yours. That city belongs to God and he gave it to you. And the only thing you have to do is decide, I'm going to stand. It just says that. Shama stood, and the Lord worked a great victory. I believe there's some parents in this room today. Your inheritance is to see your children and your grandchildren walk in the things of God. And right now, it looks like the enemy has put his scepter on that lot. But I remind you what the word says. The scepter of the enemy will not rest on the lot of the righteous. It didn't say it wouldn't come. It just said it wouldn't stay. Lift your hands up right now if you need that. Lift your hands up right now if there's a lot in your life that you have decided Today, or maybe recently, I'm not running from this. I'm going to stand. Now lift your hands and begin to worship God. Draw near to Him. Draw near to Him. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. We praise you today for the lot. And Lord, we're not going to run from it. We'll stand and station ourselves on that lot. Lord, we, are, we recognize there are people who are fleeing and they are running. But, to, but today, God, we believe this lot has a future. It's got a prophetic destiny. We will not relinquish or surrender it to the enemy. I feel like somebody's getting their, their fight back. I feel like somebody's getting their faith to fight back. I, I just feel like there's somebody who lost it. Maybe, maybe you gave up on your children or you gave up on your marriage or you gave up on your calling or you gave up on your ministry or maybe you gave up on a business idea. Maybe you gave up on, on your family. Whatever you gave up on, I feel like faith is rising in your spirit again to begin to believe God for breakthrough. God is going to honor somebody who stands in courage today. 
If you needed this word today, throw your hand up right now. If I'm talking to you, just throw your hand up. Don't be ashamed. If there's somebody near you with their hand up, and there's hands up all over this room, if there's somebody near you with their hand up, would you just reach over right now? Father, we're going to contend. Pray for them. Lord, we're going to contend for our lot. We're going to contend for this lot. Lord, you have drawn lines in the pleasant places for us. And today we're going to contend for this lot. We will not lose it, Lord. We will not abandon it. We won't abdicate it. We're not going to, we're not going to run. We're going to occupy having done all to stand. Help us to stand. Help us to stand. Come on, pray for about another minute. I'm going to let you go. But somebody is standing up today. Somebody is not running today. Somebody is declaring that the promise of God is still yes. It's still amen. We say yes. I thank you, God, for performing this thing. And the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord worked a great victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get behind me. <laughs> Victory today is mine. Victory is mine. That's your lot. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan to get behind. Victory. Victory. Lord, however you do it, Whatever you do, I thank you that you're going to take care of our enemies. And Lord, the call for this house and the call for our people is to recognize that they contend. As they contend for that lot of their inheritance, they're contending for a whole lot. And I ask in Jesus' name that little pea patches that we've run from would become significant to us again. Teach us the power of inheritance. Teach us the value of standing on a lot and declaring this one belongs to God and I'm not going to run from it. Hold on. That's what we're going to do. Hold on and stand to see how God does this thing. The question of victory is not if, it's how and it's when. Look at somebody tell them it's not a matter of if. We're going home. But it's a matter of how he's going to do it and when he's going to do it. Tell them it's done. It's done. Somebody said, why is it done? Because the Bible said it's done. How do you know it's done? Because I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. And if you don't have a feeling, you have a promise. Everything 
It's going to be all right. Lord, I bless the people. I seal this word in their hearts. Come on, lift your hands. Let me pray for you and bless you. I seal this word in their hearts today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that as they stand on inherited land that they have been given by God, I thank you that as they decide to be courageous and stand, you're going to stand up inside of them. And today we declare in Jesus' mighty name that you are going to give them the victory in every way, in every place, in Jesus' name. If you believe you've got victory, say amen. Listen, I believe that God is speaking to hearts right now. If you've watched this message today and something said, brought strength to you and built you up in your spirit, gave you hope for tomorrow, I thank God that in this day and hour that we're living that there is a word from the Lord. And the Bible tells us we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need the word of the Lord. And today this word, I pray, has produced faith in your heart. You want someone to agree with you in prayer right now. I want to take this moment to pray with everyone watching because I believe God's going to meet needs today. If you're lost and you feel like you're full of hopelessness and sin, just call on the name of the Lord. If you're sick in your body and you need him to touch you, you just call on the name of the Lord. If your family's falling apart and you need God to rescue your family, I want you to know there's a miracle for your family, for those of you who are watching today. Let's pray together. Father, move by your spirit right now. Someone's reaching out to you in faith, God. They need a miracle today. They need you to turn their situation around. I thank you that there's no impossibility. There's no problem too hard for you to solve. There's no mountain too big for you to move, Lord. Do it for them today. We agree together in prayer in Jesus' name that lives are being changed right now by the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Be blessed. Check us out on kevinwallace.tv, and I'll see you next week. God bless.